Podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Bray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Keep on till they can ignore you. Put it up for the Wigan Warriors. Well, this is where I would typically say, what's up, West Coast Cam? However, on this lovely Wednesday evening, week before Thanksgiving, I am solo on Racers and Rental Cars podcast tonight. We are going to have a half dumpster show for our typical weekly dumpster fire, as it will just be me and a good friend of mine that most of you know as Stevie Fast Jackson, 2019 NHRA Pro Mod Champ. Took some time out of his busy schedule as he, like the rest of us, are grinding away to get ready for 2020. And I know that my listeners are through the roof right now on the download. So I expect you to either be one of two ways. I expect you to be over the moon happy that you're listening to my voice and that we're going to have Stevie Fast Jackson on. Or that you're disappointed that right now you're not hearing Cam talking about calling me Donald, drinking his beverage on our late Wednesday night recording after his very eventful past weekend at the NHRA World Finals and the NHRA Banquet. So I'm going to see if I can't just smooth over those of you that might be tuning in and looking to be upset. So we'll just give me a few minutes of your time and let me see if I can navigate through this. So let me set the scene for our weekly podcast as this is going to drop on Saturday as we're recording on Wednesday evening. It has been an eventful, let's see, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, four days. It has been an extremely tiring and at times just downright comical, stress-filled moments over the last four days. Everybody, of course, the huge buzz about... Erica Enders being a three-time NHRA Pro Stock Champ. Oh, wait a minute. That's not what you were tuning in? That's not what you are expecting me to say. Were you expecting me to talk about the two-time champ? Two-time champ? Maybe you were expecting me to talk about Robert Height. Maybe you were expecting me to talk about Megan Meyer. NHRA World, World Finals. All the champions have been crowned. Danny Nelson, Sandy Wilkins, Jeremy Mason. The list goes on. Allison Dahl, perfect record. Nope, you guys were all tuning in to hear me and Cam talk about Steve Torrance and Cameron Foray first round NHRA World Finals. Countdown, six of six, on the line. So I don't want to disappoint you. Going to talk about it a little bit. But I'm also going to preface it with, it's going to be a little bit, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit more next week as well, as 
Cameron is not available on the show tonight because we are, as all people should, playing by the rules. And Cam is waiting until he decides or is given the okay, if you will, to discuss his point of view from this past weekend's event. But that being said, me, I get to talk about it from my point of view. But before I do that, I have got to give huge props to the elite team. Eric Enders, three-time champ. Got to give high fives to the uh, Summit Group. Greg Anderson pulling some stock, super stock, ladder strategy out of the old playbook. I'm going to go out here to about 1,000 foot and lift. Find me a good old spot on a ladder so I can match up and try to help my team. Uh, that that really interested me. Uh, kept my social media feed moving on Friday and Saturday. I thought it was great. I thought Eric and Greg both handled it perfectly as it, it's a ploy. I mean, hey, if you're not a drag racing competitor out there that's listening kind of give you a quick one we run on a ladder based off of qualifying and then stock super stock top sportsman top dragster other you know competition eliminator we play we have a phrase called playing the ladder and it's based on the number of cars that's going to be in your class so you know let's let's not use pro stock let's use top sportsman and or top dragster or comp eliminator and it's a 32 car qualified field well only 25 cars show up well you're going on that ladder and if you know that you're going to try to look around you might not be able to qualify number one and get the buy but you might be able to find yourself a buy in the second or third round or whatever the case may be and so you try to position yourself and greg only having one chance to really help his team he positioned himself to try to knock out erica the cliche was you know that's a pretty tall order and it is been driving great great performance not making many mistakes but greg executed perfectly to find himself in that spot so it it was uh I thought it was huge drama. Totally enjoyed it. It it really distracted me from seeing what was going on in Homestead for the NASCAR race as uh, I was really interested in Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch. And somehow or another, I just never got turned off of uh, NHRA TV to look over and watch any of the NASCAR race and qualifying for those guys down there. So, you know, if you were at home, it was probably a good Good entertainment, good drama in the pro stock class. And, man, some celebration, some excitement, great drama on the starting line. Got to love lines when it's like, you know, bring it. We're here. We're ready to go. And, uh, they, hey, they took care of it. There was uh, nothing more deflating if you're an actual fan of the sport to see Jason Line walk away from the 10 at the top end of the racetrack and mutter a few words uh, when, when Erica's wind light came on. But, 
man, they put in the work. If if you haven't forgotten, there was two years where they ran Mopar and could not buy anything and struggled. And now her, Jeggy, Aaron, Alex, even the Summit Boys, Chevrolets are strong. Pro Stock is competitive. It is tight. And uh, that was awesome. I enjoyed it. Congratulations to Erica. I know uh, hopefully uh, we're going to get some downloads while they're in Saudi Arabia uh, over there for the auto show auction uh, in the Middle East. So maybe we'll get a few uh, download hits uh, from the Middle East this weekend from the elite group. But that being said, I guess we, you know, we might as well go ahead and jump right on in to what everybody's tuning in for. Everybody's been so amped up. Everybody's got an opinion. Um, And I think that's great that everybody's got an opinion. Hey, I'm a marketing guy. I'm over here in the media world doing podcasts. And, you know, I'll take a line out of somebody else that's a professional gas bagger, as they say, and and Dan Levitard. And we're, you know. Me and Cam were over here gas bagging on a weekly basis. Hopefully we share a little bit of insight and education from that standpoint. But also as we go along on the gas bagging, you know, we're giving you our opinion. Uh, Both of us are racers. We're both uh, family guys. Uh, You know, Cam's grew up in the business. I grew up in the military from the South. You know, everybody's got things that mold their foundation of their opinion or their morals or their values or their ethics and, and what their perception is or their point of view or their perspective. And the list goes on for the characteristics that make up people's thought processes to problem solve or understand cause and effect, whatever the case may be. However, however you want to put a spin on it, as I told a certain PR uh, publication the other day of of how they put a spin on something that wasn't completely true as they made their perspective view as they printed. Um, everybody's entitled to that. That's hence America. You know, we got First Amendment rights, free freedom of speech. I wore a uniform for twenty three years to defend that against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And you're not gonna get me over here beating on a drum talking about you know i'm going to censor you you're banned you're not allowed to say that don't talk about it um you know it was brought up to me today that you know certain social media sites twitter you know if you if you mention i like you better i liked you better as bruce uh they ban you you know you're banished gone you're out of here well, that's that's not how I see it, you know, and I'm not saying that I'm perfect and I'm not saying that my way is right. What I am going to say is that because of what I went through in my life to this point, eh, I earned the right to say what I think as well as others have earned that right for what I stood for to allow that. So been a lot of different things said i wish that i could 
just lay it down like a menu at ah, let's pick somewhere good how about red robin ah, now nah, let's not do that how about Jimmy John's? How you know? How about we just pick it right off the menu? I'm gonna give you, you know, you get this meat, this bread, these vegetables, and you can have this drink and this bag of chips, and that's the way it is. Unfortunately, like everything that happens that involves human beings and communication, there's always the interpretation. Of the message right between two people or a group of people in a boardroom whatever the case may be how you read a text message when it's sent to you did you read it with you know uh, their voice in your head as you know I, I'm prone to do uh, because if I know the person I can hear their voice as they would say something um, everybody reads things differently now that being said I don't think that at any point you should start to slander people. Um, that's just, you know, if you can't have an opinion without being uh, disrespectful, uh, using less than appropriate wording, it, okay, wait, stop. Are you mad? Okay. There's probably some, you know, JT and, and those guys will probably have to bleep me out here. But, and I get it. Okay. If you're mad, right? But at the same time, if you're trying to communicate your point of view or your perspective, and you have to do it by using disparaging language and things of that nature between what you think two competitors said or what you are communicating to the person in social media at that point yeah i'm kind of tuning you out you've kind of lost the lost the ability uh to communicate and complete and you know an educational thought process i i just um you're you're kind of done you know i I've, I've heard from some different writers some of the things that they've been sent um, and, and I get it. People are upset, right? They're passionate. I mean, heck, my social media feed blew up Sunday. Whew, my texting blew up Sunday. It was, it was, it was an interesting afternoon. Uh, I didn't expect that much drama to transpire. I honestly thought after first round of pro stock, um, I was going to go out in the shop and go to work for a little while and, enjoy what little bit of warm weather we had here in southern indiana on sunday however um that wasn't the case and that's cool right it's our sport and we're passionate about it we have people watching it and and it's a passion-based sport nascar nhra you know it's no different than any other sporting event professional level you're you're passionate you pick your team and you're ride or die right and if anybody knows me i am a die hard tar heel it's college basketball season uh you you're probably going to hear it mentioned more than on one occasion in the next few months but at the same time that passion sometimes can go in the it, it can be communicated and displayed in a manner in which is truly 
just unbecoming. And um, you can't do it, right? It, but it's always going to be the hindsight. It, it's kind of like you're you're telling your kid, look, you can't say we're at home and you and your kid hears you say something and and you know that you wouldn't say that at a dinner table in a public restaurant you know you wouldn't but it's in your own privacy of your own home uh, your shop or whatever the case may be and you let it go out now you know next thing you know you get a call from the school and your kid has blurted out the same mannerism that you did all right, how are you going to handle it, right? It's You're telling your kid, you can't do that. Well, you know what, Dad? You know, you were. You blurted it out three or four times. Yeah, I know. It, it You can't do that. You you can voice your displeasure, but sometimes you just, you're, you gotta, you gotta take the high road. You gotta find high roads sometimes. Getting down in the dirt all the time isn't always the best play. And when it comes to professional athletes, and I'm sorry, we're in a competitive sport, and some of us, we get a paycheck for this, and we're at the professional level, and there's a lot of things that play into that. You gotta just, it's tough, right? it's tough and i think as somebody i'm sitting back going it's tough for torrents it's tough for cam heck i mean honestly yeah it's the rules right it's in the rule book interpretation it's tough for the nhra executives heck let's think about this it's tough for the nhra production crew how about that? How about being tough for the social media department of NHRA? How about it being tough for the PR people? How about it being tough for the parents that's got to explain it to their kids that are junior dragster racers? Or, or even the kids that have parents that have been guilty of chucking that helmet or exchanging the heated word uh, at the end of the racetrack or in the staging lanes, those situations are tough, right? Because there's there's no enjoyment in it, regardless of who the individuals are. Um, I you can't, man, it's tough. I I go back, um, you know, my wife and I we had this discussion on Sunday, we had it on Monday, we had it yesterday, we had it today, and and I'm sure we're going to continue to have it, but. You know, it was similar along the lines to an incident that happened a couple of years ago for us at Chicago. And, you know, similar, not as in a physical altercation similar, but there was a no-win situation for both parties involved. And somebody somebody was going to come out on top, but it it's not going to be right, right? So as everybody stands back and says, well... Just just suspend him. Take points away. Fine him. And, and I'm not saying about this incident. I'm talking about anybody. I mean, let's, you know, you, you, you fine or suspend the stock or super stock guy that's got the wrong piston or 
you know, intake combination or piston and rod. I mean, wrong carburetor. There's a rule you break it, right? Somehow or another, though, at certain points, we allow other traits, characteristics to get involved and they somehow or another impact it. Like it's a chemical makeup. Like you've got some minerals and some chemicals and you've got more oxygen than you have hydrogen. And, and, and somehow or another, those little things start to impact the decision-making process over it just being simple. Hey, did you break a rule? Yeah, I broke a rule. All right. Got to deal with it. it. Can it be that simple? Uh, you know, I mean, I'm going to. I'm going to pull out a NASCAR deal different. You know, people keep talking about NASCAR fights all the time. Yeah. The difference about the NASCAR world versus NHRA is that the NASCAR fights happen after the event. And if they happen during the event, you get called to the hauler in the story. Uh, drag racing is different. It's, it's very, it's very quick. It's very bang, bang. These things happen. People have disagreements. They don't want to, but they happen. And it's and it's going to happen. But in the end, nobody enjoys anything, right? So Torrance had something negative that that happened to him. Now, I'm going to push further. I'm just going to stop with Torrance. Let's, I'm gonna, right there. That's the last time you see him. What about his crew guys? How, how are they feeling? They're just there to do a job. Yes, they're part of the team. Uh, and, and Torrance is over there. They, everything, they're a family organization. They, I mean, they don't have turnover. A lot of uh, crew guys stick with them. Lagana's Pritchett. So, I mean, how do you think they feel? Because I read some of the comments that people were talking about the, you know, the crew guys. They don't get to enjoy it. They've worked their tails off all year long to service that car with zero deficiencies, minimal deficiencies to provide that championship. But they don't get to enjoy it because it's shadowed by everybody giving them bad pub and disparaging comments. Which I don't think anybody on the crew deserves anything except kudos because they performed to the best of their ability and provided that championship. So Gary, Dom, Bob, Bobby, I mean everybody over there, they they did they didn't do anything wrong. Uh, so you remove them from the situation. On the surface. Cam's not getting to enjoy his first full year because he's being judged based off of an action, right? So I'm going to give you the two cents from a drag racing. I'm a guy. I'm a racer. There's a video. Uh, Troy Finner, buddy, uh, I know you got it. You'll have to post it up for me. There's a video of me. In 2000, I believe, 18, I sat on the starting line 
at the last divisional event of 2018, I was in the running for the divisional championship. Needed to go two rounds, three rounds. I'm sitting there and I'm not going in first. And we sat there and sat there and sat there until Troy staged. I wasn't going in. And he, we joke, we're buddies. I'm not going in, dude. We're going to sit. We send that meme all the time. I'll sit here till I burn this mug down. I'm not going in. It, as a driver, you make a decision. It's a strategy. They change four tires. They're telling everybody on the radio. They're taking two, but they change four. Uh, they're taking four, but they're changing two. It's a strategy. All racing has a level of strategy from the fuel side all the way down to the guy in Super Street. Everybody's got a strategy. And when we strap our helmets on, you can, all these people that want to use words like respect and uh, championship contender and, and all these other words that you're trying to insert into the process of pulling through the burnout box, doing a burnout, backing up. And turning the pre-stage bulbs on. At that point, guys, there it has nothing to do with respect. You need to stop inserting those types of words when you're trying to categorize people or, or say they don't deserve to be there or, or this person's, you know, it took longer than three seconds. Hey, it's a rule. If he doesn't stage, he'll get timed out. But the timed out clock don't start until somebody stages. So, I mean, it's a game. It's a strategy. You, you want to act like because so-and-so is a contender or they're running for a championship that you need to, uh, what was the quote I think someone said, it, that you need, it's, it's like you need to pull over on the side and let the faster car go by buddy i promise you right now you go ahead and walk over into the nascar garage or any dirt track in the country ain't nobody that's a slower car pulling over for the lead dog to just kind of cruise on by they might not race him as hard but they're gonna race him and i i don't i just don't understand where people are coming up with this it's it's all about ripping the head off of the guy in the lane sorry the racer in the lane beside you to get a wind light period now this is where i have a, a little bit of a problem we're all friends human respect mutual respect before we put our helmets on. We're going to compete. We're going to get down the racetrack. We're both going to turn off the end of the racetrack safely. At that point when we take our helmets off. There should still at that moment. Be mutual respect. End of story. Now. That doesn't mean. That you're not going to get. You know. Hey you need to carry your stuff on up through there. Or hey maybe next time you need to. You know, pay attention a little more. What are you doing? You're driving around. You're driving over top of your head. Whatever the case may be. 
Because, hey, it's still somebody's life out there. But beyond that, dude, it's it's a game. It's a race. It's a strategy. But there's got to be respect involved. And if you don't have thick skin and you're in drag racing and somebody says something derogatory to you and you get bent out of shape about it, like really quick, yeah, you you probably need to go play checkers or something. And that's coming from somebody who, it takes a long time for this guy to get upset. Because you have to remember something. Nobody's dying. Nobody's getting shot at. Nobody's bleeding. Why are you upset? You're at a racetrack. You're getting paid to drive a race car. Whomever you may be. Or you're spending money to drive a race car. You should be happy. What's the meme say? Have you ever seen somebody sad that's driving a race car? No. They're driving a race car. So relax. Think about the fact that there is way more important, serious issues in this world to be upset and concerned about than if you got made or you felt like you got made to change up your staging process. Sit there. Sit there till the cows come home. Or as Warren Johnson says, I'll stage when I'm damn good and ready. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's part of the rules. It's your decision as a racer. And and that's the other thing. Fans, we love you. We love your passion. Sometimes you need to remember when you're posting things on racers, about racers, please make sure that you've got your information right. There's a lot of people out there that don't understand or comprehend what deep stage is, what the staging process is. So those of you that are out there and have those fans that are passionate and they're on your friends list, communicate with them. Help them out. Make them better fans of our sport. But that's my little take on it. I don't think what happened on Sunday should happen. If it does, whether you're the individual doing it or you're the individual receiving it, you own up all the way around. That, I'm going to tell you that right now. You own up to your mistakes, even if it's bad, even if it's negative. Even if you did something wrong, can't take away your integrity, can't take away your last name. Those two things you, you're born with and you die with. If you put your integrity in jeopardy or in question, you don't die with it. And each time you do that, people lose credibility for you. They don't value, as, value you as much. They don't look at you in the manner that they looked at you before. That's just, that, that's, it's a tough deal. I don't want to be any of them, any of them involved. I don't want to be the crew guys. I don't want to be Billy Torrance. I don't want to be Kay Torrance. I don't want to be Cameron Foray. I don't want to be his wife, Angie. I don't want to be Cameron's parents. I don't want to be Angie's parents. I don't want to be anybody on the Haddock's team that busts their butt 
just as much as the Lagana and the Torrance teams do. I don't want to be NHRA. I don't want to be a news reporter. I don't want to be uh, an alleged news reporter. I, I don't. I don't want to be Brian Loans. I don't want to be Tony Pentagon. I, none of them. Because it's a bad situation all the way around. There is no winning from the situation that transpired on Sunday. Th- there's not. And I don't think it's going to be really hard to convince me that anything could have been muttered. Now, this is me as a military guy. I don't think that you're going to come up with something. Once again, now remember, nobody's got a gun. Nobody's bleeding. Nobody's dying. I don't think you're going to come up with something to mutter at me that is going to cause me, after I get out of a car, to really want to have to fight and exert some physical effort. That's just me. Now, I'm an elephant. I'm probably not forgetting whatever you mutter at that moment. But then again, I'm getting to drive a race car. So, man, you, you know, keep my dog and my wife out of your mouth and we're probably okay. Just saying. But once again, I know a lot of you tuned in. My point, my take, my feedback's probably not what you are expecting. And and a lot of mine is based off of the fact that I don't know what was said between Cam and Steve. I only know what I saw, what I could slow down the video on my laptop and zoom in the lips to be able to see. But at that same point, I still don't find a situation that warrants what transpired. No different than, you know, Tanner and Alex, Ron Caps and Whit Bazemore, Doug and Clay, uh, or even any of the old Perdome and Ed Ace McCullough videos. I mean, there's some, there's been some doozies. And that's cool. It's going to happen. But remember your environment. Remember what you're getting paid to do, or in some cases, what you're paying to do. Um, and remember that we're out here competing. This is not tiddlywinks. We're not playing checkers. We're not playing hopscotch or go fish. This is this is life or death. When we strap into them, someone can die. Someone can get hurt, and it's ultimately the individual sitting in the car to decide how they execute their side of the racetrack. I'm sorry if I don't execute my side of the racetrack to your liking. <laughs> Didn't wake up to do that. Sorry. Not, um, let me think about it again. Um, man, he'd be really happy if I would 
do what he wants me to do. Yeah, not not happening. Sorry. Not, no, nobody's voting for that policy. So, uh, and I know you're going to fill our inbox up. I know you're going to send us hate mail. I know you're going to send us social media posts come Saturday when the, when a podcast drops. I know everybody's going to be bent out of shape. Next week, when Cam's back, and it's the two of us, and we get to banner back and forth about it, maybe that will shed, shed a little bit more light on the week. But I think the biggest thing that I wanted to communicate tonight is that Folks, you're out there, you're in the social media world, you're spun up, you're passionate, and we freaking love it. I love it. Nobody knew who won the NASCAR championship this weekend because they were worried about Steve Torrance and Cameron Foray and wanted Dougie to be the champ or Brittany to be the champ. Flat ass love it. Love the passion. Guys, think about what you're saying, who you're saying it to how you're trying to paint a picture of your own perspective of what you see until you strap on a helmet. And I don't mean like you go out here and you run test and tune or you you drove 30 freaking years ago. I mean, right now, this decade, in these conditions, uh, with the heightened social media, the heightened PR that's around. Everybody's got a video camera. When you drive and compete in that environment, come tell me how hard it is. Tell me how the, the perspective is, how you're supposed to handle yourself. Uh, not, not from the standpoint of, well, you think, and that's great. I want to hear what you think, but do it eloquently with some education that not the every other word uh, derogatory terms too i mean we're all human beings we're all americans we live in the greatest country in the world and we are all competing in drag racing or a form of motorsports so i mean how much more badass can you get than that so just kind of relax keep keep some thought process here nobody's dying nobody's getting shot at Nobody's bleeding yet. Okay? I, I mean, just, it's fun. Our sport needed some excitement. Do I think that we needed two individuals uh, shaking hands and then having a physical altercation? Absolutely not. Nope. Because I'm here to tell you right now, the gentleman approach, and that goes when you're extending it to ladies as well. When you extend your hand it's as a friend and a non-combatant non-enemy you shake your hand you show them you have no weapons and you mean no harm when you grab hold of somebody after you're shaking their hand you've thrown that out the window it's not really a good thing to do so if you uh and if you want to you know if you want something to refer to go back to the joey lagana and denny hamlin altercation Joey never shook Danny's hand, and then he shoved him as he walked away. Do I think it's good? Nope. But if, if you're looking for an altercation, don't shake somebody's hand. Don't do it. I really think don't, don't look for an altercation. Remember your environment. Remember it. Try to. 
it's hard. I know bad things happen. And just once again, I, I feel for the people involved. I do. Both Torrance family, the Torrance camp, NHRA, the writers, Cam. But man, are you guys passionate and we like it. I love it. I look forward to hearing some of the comments this week. Racers and Riddle Cars is brought to you in part by Performance Data Systems. For all your data systems needs, visit racepds.com. Stevie Fast Jackson, 2019 NHRA Pro Mod Champ. This is episode 52. What's going on? Do, do, we, do we call you Mr. Champ? Do we call you Mr. Stevie Fast Jackson Champ? What, what's going what's gonna to be the, uh, the intro line for you going into 2020? I'm like a dog. I'll pretty much answer it anything. Snappy fingers or whatever. Uh, I don't know whatever they want to call it. It all means the same thing. Doesn't matter how much you win, you're still the same person, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, I'd say even more than normal. Uh, everybody's been asking me, what have you been? You've been to the beach, been to the Bahamas, celebrating? I'm like, no, I'm in the shop. <laughs> Just like every other day. <laughs> every other day. Exactly. It's a... Uh... It's a little uh, a little humbling for people when they don't really they don't know you know it's it's I don't know they think they just it's man I don't there's entirely too much misconceptions bad perceptions just whatever the case is people just don't understand how much work goes in to making a push like you did this year that started last year. Um, it's, it's not even, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of luck too. The, the physical mental labor is so never ending. Uh, you feel like there's a wave always going to crash down on you. You cannot make a run like what we made last year, uh, this year, uh, without, people around you who are very talented to spread the load of that work. I work 20 hours a day, seven days a week, and I have for 20 years. Um, but still, it doesn't matter how much I work, I cannot do it all. So when you when one person can't do it all, it requires the, the effort and passion of the people that are, that are working on this stuff. So much stuff happens behind the scenes to make this, make this deal go down the road. Um, there are people that I always forget to thank and never talk about that are responsible for all the behind the scenes stuff. It's a, I wish I could get the casual fan to come follow me around for a week. Like don't do anything else. Just walk beside me for a week. It's a lot of work. Uh, like you said, but it's fun, man. I love it. I'm like literally the day I got back, I landed in Augusta from Vegas at like 10 p.m. and I came into the shop from the airport and worked a couple hours. <laughs> so you gotta love it, man. I'm having a blast. This this season is proof that like it doesn't always go like that, and most of the time it doesn't, but it can happen. And one good season like that will change your whole life. Well, for our listeners, because we have such a diverse crowd of motorsports individuals, give a 30 second. Now I know it's gonna be tough for you, but you gotta give it 30 seconds. Give me a 30-second background elevator pitch of Mr. Steve Jackson. <laughs> uh, 
I will tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to back it up. I will work you completely under the table. And then I will assassinate you on the Christmas tree. And then I'll flat out run you. Now that's we, 30 seconds. Yeah, it's, that's, that's good. We're good. Now, we're a motorsports business show. We don't talk a whole lot of race recaps and race results and things of that nature. We talk about the business side of motorsports and the ins and outs. You're a unique individual uh, from the standpoint that you started out in the local regional area. Um, you grew as your now correct me if I'm wrong. You were a tool guy at one time, right? You had a, a business that you were running while you were working your fingers to the bone and sweating and running into the walls at Carolina Dragway and anywhere else that had a an Orsica <laughs> race before you started into the grudge scene of really going fast and and deciding that this was going to be your career, correct? Uh, absolutely. I started out uh, just local racing at Carolina Dragway. Uh, be there every Thursday night and Saturday or Sunday at the gates open and just like we all did, just racing all the time. Um, when I got into the tool business, that was mainly driven to try to earn more money to buy more parts. I mean, as they all are. You know, when you're a – I think I started that thing when I was 26 or so, 25, and – like, you think I eat, sleep, and breathe it then? I mean, uh, now you should see me back then. I would borrow anybody. I, didn't, I couldn't afford a truck and trailer. This is before Toby. I would borrow whoever's truck or trailer would let me use it on a Thursday night, and that's how I went to the track. Uh, the tool business was good. Racing ended up taking over the tool business. I missed the tool business, and I love it, and I was really talented at it. Um, I made some decent, decent cheese doing it. But racing got to where – one day I looked up and I was working Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. This Thursday night I'd have to get on the road to go to an event. You didn't get back home until Monday morning. You got to get it out and get it serviced. And and I was like, man. So I ended up selling that. And that's when the I had grudge raced a lot before then. But when I sold that and kind of really decided I'm going to race cars for a living, uh, that's when the, the fast big money grudge racing and, and you know having to go after corporate America in a different way. Um, you know, started, uh, that was when I, when I started that deal, I had no deal guarantee or promise that I was ever going to make a living and had no idea if I ever would. <laughs> so, uh, I'm fortunate to be able to have some people that believe in me and, and when you get the ones that believe in you in the bad times, it, it makes you fly that much higher when you're running good. You've got a diverse crew because, you know, for, for our listeners, you've got, an HRA Pro Mod car, and then you have a radial car, and you've got two brain trusts that have different backgrounds but have a tie to the professional world in uh, Mr. Phil Schuler and Billy Stockman. And so, how did you get tied up with Phil? <laughs> um, you only get, I believe that you only get a few people in your life throughout your whole life that absolutely were placed in that position for you. And uh, Phil Schuler, as well as Billy Stockland, have been mentors uh, to me. Me and Phil met um, when I first started racing Orska. I was eat up with wanting to go top fuel racing. I was trying to talk to anybody that would talk to me about how do I meet people in top fuel. 
So I'm at Jackson, South Carolina. We had won an Orsca race. It was 2008. And me and Phil Schuler had already been talking back and forth via text message and phone calls here and there. But it was very casual. You know, he would keep up with my with my orange car, my Pro Charger car. And then when I found out he was working on fuel cars, I'd kind of keep up with the fuel car. And we just kind of started texting back and forth. Well, I told Jeff Miles I wanted to race fuel cars. He was like, well, you need to go talk to Don Schumacher. I'm like, that's the guy that's got a fuel car. So he knows Phil from Phil and Bubba Livingston road racing back in the day. Jeff Miles, a former owner of Carolina Dragway, calls up uh, Phil. Hey, get this kid a deal. At least get him an interview. So Phil set it up to where uh, got me in touch with Don Schumacher. This was back in 2008. Don says, come on up. Let's talk about it. So I did very eye-opening experience. Um, I flew there. Uh, I'll never, never, never forget. I like didn't have anything to wear to like a professional race shop. So I ended up going to Walmart or Dillard's and buying some black pants and a black polo and got me some black sketchers. And I was like, all right, I'm an NHRA top fuel guy. I get on this airplane. I get off in Indy and drive to the shop and I walked in there and I almost turned around and left. I was like, I am way out of my league. <laughs> Talking to Don, he explained to me how many millions of dollars I had. I was lucky to have enough money in my pocket to get home. Flew back to Georgia with my tail between my legs and said, I'm going to have to go at this a different way. I'm not wealthy. I don't have money. I don't have a benefactor. I don't have anybody that around me that's wealthy. So the only way that I know to do it is to kick the shit out of everybody. So I started doing that, and Phil Schuler started paying a lot more attention. Uh, we were dominant in small tire racing in the late 2000s. Um, that coupled with my, I guess, fearlessness in the car led him to send me a message one day and ask me if I was going to Orangeburg. It was just a normal shootout. I, w- I said, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be racing my car. So I ended up winning a race or something, and he had uh, Frankenstein there. It was a five-inch bore space, two-carbureted, big-tire grudge car, and he comes over. He said, you think you can fit in this car? I was like, I'm sure I can. I get in there, and I can reach the pedals. He said, well, let's go make a lap. Uh, I went out there, and not that time, but the next time or two we took it out, I burned the car to the ground. It shuts off after the burnout. I'm patting the gas. I turn the nitrous on and floor it. Boom! Blow the scoop off and burn the thing to the ground. And this is like I'd been driving for Phil for like a week. (laughs) And I looked at him, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't have any money. I'm sorry. And uh, he's like, don't worry about it. It happens. We'll get it fixed. Got it fixed and called me when it was done. And – started driving that thing when you get somebody that doesn't fire you when you burn their car to the ground the first week that's a pretty good relationship i would, um, I would say that so, f- that puts the perspective on you saying that people sometimes people are put in your life for a reason at a specific time uh, you yep. can see the correlation there with phil absolutely and uh me and phil we had we really we i don't want to say we dominated good racing but we dominated good racing with that car um, we route ran everybody in our class. We had the fastest of its kind in the world and we ran for some big money drag races that ended up kind of paving the way to stuff later. You never know who's watching and, and you don't ever know who's paying attention. That's why you always need to tell the truth and be yourself because you don't want to give somebody the wrong impression of you at the wrong time when the right impression of you is who you really are. Um, so I've, kind of made a career of being outspoken and telling you what I think. Uh, but you got to have a stick and be able to back it up. 
Well, that's going to throw me forward with the stick to back it up. Let's jump forward here on the motorsports marketing side. You did a lot in the radio world, uh, the world of duck, if you will, before you took the plunge to come over to NHRA. And when you did, you came with the backing of a country. And I know I read the written story of being naked under the fire suit and going what you had to get in what you had to get in the threes with it or something like that and you were overseas and met a chic and you got this whole deal and it it sounds like you know just pieces of a puzzle that are just continuously being put together and now here you are an nhra pro mod champ tell us tell the listeners about the bahrain relationship and how it is probably different from most corporate relationships on the nhra motorsport side so the Bahrain relationship began with the orange car. Like, believe it or not, it, it began so long ago. Uh, people around the world were, were very fascinated by that car. It was a stock suspension Mustang that ran 14s when everybody else was running 450s. And that ended up getting us a deal over there to race. Uh, Bahrain One got interested when – my, my, my deal with running Pro Nitrous uh, with SEI Oilfield was kind of fading. Khaled Albalushi is a guy that I competed against overseas when I was over there racing. When I took the plunge and went and raced overseas, like, it's not what everybody thinks. I literally got a call after the car was uh, sold and over there. I get a call, and they're like, can you come over tomorrow? We can't run this thing. So, like, the next thing I know, I'm on an airplane flying over the ocean. I have no idea. I had never been over there. I had no idea where I was going, where I was staying, who was picking me up at the airport, if there was any way I could understand their language. I had no idea. When I landed, I had to get a map to figure where in the world out I, I was. And, like, that's when you talk about taking the plunge. That's why I tell that story. Like, there are times in life, especially in the marketing side, where you have to take a risk. Uh, I have 10 more of them stories that didn't work out like this. But you got if you throw the mud against the wall enough on the marketing side, some is going to stick. Some of the best business relationships I have, the Bahrain One deal, is from failing relationships, failing sponsors that pulled out in the most inopportune time that I handled gracefully. You get these guys that lose these partnerships and deals and pitch a fit and trash the company in social media and trash them in the news. That next marketing partner that is looking at you knows that at some day they're going to part with you and they want to know that you can handle it. So Bahrain was very impressed with how the some of the other deals went down. Belushi gets me over there, meet the Sheik, uh, genuine, awesome, nice guy. Drag racing fanatic, loves it so much he built a built an entire motorsports complex over there. Uh, it's an NHRA sanctioned track. Um, it's He eats and sleeps and breathes it. And when me and him talked and hung out a little bit, we just kind of clicked. I mean, we're, we're buddies. Like, we talk more about non-racing stuff than we do racing stuff. But I raced the season over there, and we won four out of five races, won the Middle East Championship, won the uh, Arabian Drag Racing uh, Championship, won the Bahrain Drag Championship. 
And Sheikh Abdullah told me, he said, you know, um, we're going to race as long as you want to race. He said, I, I basically, I've never seen anybody with the passion and want to win like you do. Uh, we went through some stuff over there where I was on fire, transmission fluid all over me, motors blowed out, supercharger stuck through the roof of the car. And I'm duct taping it up and keep on going. We ended up winning. Uh, so that when you speak about the difference between – I have tried to align myself with marketing partners in, in drag racing that are passionate about what we do. I turn down a lot of if, – if you have the wrong corporate fit, and you take that deal, and I know they're hard to get, so I know when we get a corporate deal, we all want to just jump on it. You will go farther finding, spending your time finding the right fit. Me and Bahrain One are the right fit. And when you find the right fit, you get leniency of the fact that they say, I always want you to be you. I always want you to say what's on your mind. Do not be as polished robot like everybody talks about, everybody's tired of listening to well, half the companies that approach me say, hey, we like you. We like Stevie Fast, but you got to just change this whole trash talking attitude thing. You know, we got, we got to clean you up. We can't put you on TV like you are. And I'm like, well, you need to find somebody that you can put on TV because I'm not changing. Now, that's that's bit me in the butt a lot. There's times when I ain't got no food in the refrigerator, but I'm like, I wish I had a sponsor, took that sponsor. But you'll end up further in the long run to pick marketing partners that, that fit with you. Bahrain is awesome because when you've got General Motors, okay, when I lose, you know the secret to winning? You know what the secret to winning in motorsports? It Hold is on, the folks. ability. Here, we go. Here he goes. It, He's giving it to it you. It is 100% the ability to fail without consequence. If anybody in the world that runs a race team that's got all these people, when you call me on Monday morning and ask me why we lose, I'm going to go ahead and tell you all a secret. None of y'all care about winning as much as I do. And most everybody will say that. So Bahrain and Sheikh Abdullah, I have never one time got a call on Monday morning wanting to know why we got crushed on Sunday. And that is the difference between finding the right business partnership and something that's, that's, that's contradicted. Um, on the other hand, when we suck, <laughs> he'll call me about Wednesday and be like, hey, buddy, I'm behind you. I don't care. I ain't worried about the race car. And when you have that and you've got the right guy running it, you're going to win. Well, and that's that's one thing that we try to – Cam and I have tried to communicate that you have to be authentic with yourself. You have to, you have to know who you are when you're talking to companies or, or the public or the fans or, or whomever it is. You can't be – so, well, you can. It just won't turn out well in the end. You cannot be something that you're not. And if drag you drag racing will show your truest character, and it doesn't matter how hard you try to hide it, drag racing is going to show the world who you are. I, I couldn't agree more with that. I could not agree more with that. That being said, what's next? Because, and I got to tell our listeners, if you're not following stevie on youtube or social media and you're out there and you're in the marketing world he's got it when he talks about the fact that he has a team behind him and has the right people uh, it's drew right drew's your guy who's your drew's the crew chief yeah no. <laughs> you think he is but drew's a good dude he's got social media people the videos the youtube matt uh, matt walden is matt. our is our digital 
Production. Okay. Sorry, Matt. Didn't mean to take that credit away from you because I, I mean, I do. Cam and I talk about the content and the layout and the, the way you are doing your social media. So our listeners, if you're not, you can be closet subscriber, whatever the case is, stock, whatever. But Stevie and his team put a lot of time and effort into their social media push, the digital push. So if you need, uh, want to see what type of content a champion is putting out and they grew up in the sportsman ranks chewing dirt working hard just like 90 percent of our listeners then you need to go over and give stevie a listen so that being said stevie what's next for mr jackson and the ktr team in the future what what can you tell us about where steve and billy and robbie and drew and phil and what where are we going Jack, uh, Robert, Jack, and Billy. Yeah. Uh, you know, the future right now is bright. I told a guy this morning, I'm haggling with him on 2020 sponsorship deal. And we go around and around. And believe me, the haggling back and forth is one of my favorite things. Like when somebody's trying to tell me that I'm not worth this, and I'm telling them I'm worth that, and that, that back and forth. I finally told this guy, I was like, you know what? If you're not really to get ready to get behind me now, you don't ever want to get behind me. <laughs> Because you can't smash people in promo like we smash people like like we did this year all the time. What's next is uh, is preparing for 2020. I don't ever like to get the cart ahead of the horse. Everybody knows I want a fuel car. I really want to buy one and me and Billy and Phil go out and kind of play with it. Talk to Don Schumacher at SEMA. He's like, that's the dumbest idea I ever heard. <laughs> it's like you do not. He said you can't casually run a funny car. I'm like, I know, but like, I'll just maybe do a burnout with it or something. But I want to get, I want to step into fuel car racing the right way. I'm not going to be a monkey doing what they tell me to say, not a puppet pulling strings. I want to be me and race these cars. And if I can't do it that way, I'm not going to do it. Um, eventually, I'll be 90 years old and hopefully have some cheese and get to it. But right now, we're preparing for. 2020 uh, to run NHRA Pro Modified. We're preparing the shadow to dominate Radio vs. the World in 2020. I don't want anybody to ever win a round of Radio vs. the World if I can be there. Um, and, you know, it's a curse having that number one on your car. I mean, it is an absolute curse. How many times have we seen it? And what do we do? I put the biggest number one on the roof of the car that I could possibly find. Bill Schuler told me we would never win another round after I put that number one on the roof. I told him if a piece of vinyl takes us out, we're not strong as what we thought we were. Uh, so I think of the off season. I celebrated my championship win all year. Okay. The way I look at it is Monday after Vegas, we all got zero points again. <laughs> we're all even. So if I don't get to work right now and get the kick and tail and getting ready to go crush them in, in Gainesville, uh, then I'm gonna end up six to seven them points. So that's what's on the future, on the horizon is the very immediate future. We actually are cleaning the shop right now, and if any of y'all are bored, come by and I'll put you to work. We do everything in the shop in a pile. It looks like Mount Rushmore in the middle, and I'm trying to sell some parts. So if y'all don't have anything to do the next three or four days, get you a broom and maybe like a one of them gas masks and come on over. Here. I saw some of the ads. Or maybe it was just uh, Phil. I saw some clutch. I saw some clutches. There was like a stack of clutches and lay, lay on the ground. Yeah, I found more clutches upstairs than most people have ever owned in their whole life. 
So like if you need any, I probably have, I got a guy coming over tomorrow. I found a roll around cart top to bottom with 10 shelves of 4840 Chevrolet parts. And I told him, I was like, if you'll come get them, I'm going to give you a deal, but you got to take all of it. I found like 15 starters, like 20 sets of main bearings, like 200 sets of rings, stuff when I used to race that. Cam chaz and stuff. I was like, you're gonna, I'm about to put you in the 4840 business. I found a set of Zoomy headers for a 5300 rear Morrison motor and a Jerry Bickle car upstairs. So anybody that needs some, I got them for sale for $500 on my website. What? So if you need some parts or junk parts, the next two or three weeks is when you won't be carousing through there. Well, you probably send those Zoomies to your buddy up there, Jay Cox, couldn't you? Man, he don't have enough horsepower. I'd have to build some inch and three quarter headers if he's gonna put some semis on that thing. That thing don't make about three hundred fifty horsepower. <laughs> he needs a day. He needs an exhaust manifold on that thing, not a header. He uh, probably speed it up. Oh man, Jay, sorry, brother. I didn't mean to. Didn't mean to drag you in here. Yeah, hey, the truth's hard to dodge. Oh man, he'll just seek it out. <laughs> Jay, Jay. All I heard was Jay like whooping the shit out of me. Well, now that raggedy motor he's got is legal. So step on over into the deep pond and let Big Daddy show you how it's done. Well, the, so now you, you went there and now I, I got to back up one. Now, you've been successful for a while in fast door car racing. And you're doing solid performance on the business side of it, which is really awesome. hard to do in NHRA drag racing. So that being said, other than the sheer, sheer adrenaline factor of it, why is Stevie Fast making a business push to get into a top fuel car? Just because we only live one time, and I want to say I drove the fastest accelerating thing on the planet. Okay. Um, I don't know that I like it over there. I guarantee it's not a good fit for me. Uh, definitely not financially viable uh, for me this time, but... I started out drag racing to end up at the top and whether I stay there or not, whether I keep doing it, whether I own cars and lease them, I'm going to do it. And we may say that it's the biggest waste of my whole racing career. We're going to go over there, but I'm not going over there with junk. Like I'm going to, I got to, first thing I do is figure out like what the whole thing even looks like. <laughs> it took apart, build it, do something with it. Then I got, I'm going to take it over to Jackson and I'm going to make some runs with it. Until I can get it to run, I don't know, two ninety something to the eight, and then we'll haul it out there and play with it. I'm trying to remember. I think Lagana. I think Lagana brothers, Dom and Bobby, came to Carolina one year. I think Jeff and I, I know a top fuel car did because I went out there and tried to set the track record with the shadow on radials, and I came close, but they told me a top fuel car had come and ran. Uh, just a little bit faster than me. Yeah, I, I don't remember who it was, but I know Jeff and Angel told me that there had been a top fuel car there once before as part of their, you know, show, a big event deal. Okay. Right. All right. Well, as long, as long as I heard you say it did not make financial sense, you know, <laughs> I, just, I got no problem with that. It's like, okay, I know this does not make sense. However, I am no going to do it. professional class drag racing venture makes sense okay please understand that if i worked at home depot and i made minimum wage and i worked the hours i work now i'd have more money in the bank at the end of the year so if you're getting in this for the cheese and you can figure out how to do it more power to you i'm just hoping that me and phil always joke around about getting back to broke 
Like my whole goal is I'm digging up my American Express bill. And my goal is by the end of the year to get back the dead flat broke. And if you can do that, you're winning. Yeah, I've heard that before. Now, let's let's jump forward back to what you mentioned. Nitrous motors, big inch nitrous motors, legal in pro mod in 2020. Yeah, I know that your heart and soul is in a nitrous motor. <laughs> I love nitrous cars, man. Grew up racing them. Big old stanky loud fire shooting out hood scoop piston melting nitrous cars are, are fun to play with. I do love them. Is there going to be a nitrous car? Let's say this. Is the, is the possibility that we're going to see a nitrous car underneath the KTR banner in 2020? There is and continues to always be the possibility that we could field a nitrous car at any time. I've tuned the world's quickest nitrous car by a mile, and uh, anytime anybody gets close to me with it, I'm just going to pick it up another four or five hundreds. So going fast with a big cubic inch nitrous car is easy. Um, going fast and running quarter mile, I don't know so much. Uh, I try to never talk like I know what I'm talking about unless I know what I'm talking about. And maybe it's harder than what I think it'll be. Uh, but the door is open to run any power adder that's legal next year, except for a turbo pro. <laughs> and I wouldn't care if they were hand 340s and were legal. I'm not running one of these with junk. I was going <laughs> to say, I was not bringing up the, the uh, I, I call it the Barker experiment, but uh, I, I feel hey. I, Bad, we bad ran deal. good with the Barker experiment with what we had with the amount of runs we had. That's a good run car. I mean, that thing went 581, I think, at uh, 256 or something. And, uh, you know, 80 pounds overweight. And, I mean, you know, there's a lot to be said about having something that was built in the decade that you're racing in. That always uh, helps. <laughs> <laughs> or within a decade. Uh, but... That thing ran pretty good for what it was. It okay. did. I wish I could have played with it a little bit more. Well, th there's one thing about it. You, we talk about it all the time about people. You know, motorsports teams the, in general is just like any business. You can have as much capital as you want if you don't have the right people uh, involved uh, as your human capital aspect of it. You're not going to go very far, and you've got another little venture that you do over in the radio world that uh, you've got Mr. Barker involved with. Uh, and we've all known that Mr. Barker is a, uh, is a guru when it, when it comes to some nitrous cars, uh, you and him have a unique relationship. And now he's over there uh, turning knobs and doing this and doing that on uh, Mr. Burt's program. So uh, where is that program going in the future? Is Marcus and Stevie Jackson and Barker, is that, are we are we kind of on the straight and narrow there? We're not deviating. We're not jumping over here in the ditch or anything. I don't know. The ditch is always so easy to hit. It always sometimes it'll spring out at you. Uh, me and Jeffrey uh, have an awesome relationship. He's very talented. He's a tremendous race car driver. Um, has taught me a lot about driving a car. Um, sounds funny when you talk about you know as long as I've raced having someone teach me about driving a car, but Jeffrey has taught me some stuff that's made me a better driver. And, you know, he's, he's talented and he loves racing like I do. Um, when he kind of started pulling me and Marcus together and put that deal together, I told him, I was like, the only way I'll do this is if you'll kind of car chief that thing. Like I'll tune it and run it and put a setup in it. 
They're like, you're going to have to handle the bull crap of running it because I don't have time. He does a killer job of doing that. He's pretty good at running people. And um, unless he's tightening up a valve cover on a blown alcohol Hemi on the driver's side of a red and white Camaro in Commerce, Georgia, at an NHRA national event before Q3, unless he's tightening that up, he's awesome at working on the car. <laughs> There's a picture. I got to tell you, anytime you talk about how good somebody is, you got to talk about failure. Because nobody's failed this more than I have. Jeffrey painted the whole side of my car blue with Lucas. So I got to get him over to detail it. But <laughs> as far as the uh, – he saved me way more times than he messed me up. I think it actually got some wheel speed and helped it when I'm tracking. <laughs> um, the future of that deal is uh, we got to sit down and talk about it. Uh, me and him kind of talked about it a little bit of where it's going. I really like playing with the with the radial versus the world nitrous combination. Um, it's so fun, and it's it's not a lot of work to run it. I mean, it's just put fuel in it and leak it down and, and, and run it if it's happy. And like all nitrous motors, if it's not happy, it's all the work. But um, I don't know what we're going to do with that thing yet. There's all kind of balls in there. I got a lot of balls in the air right now. Like I'm kicking them with my feet. I'm like a 10-legged seal. Oh, Lord. Now we got some genetic makeup going on over here. For you, will, you will see some exciting nitrous racing of some sort in 2020. Guaranteed. Under the KTR banner? There's just no way to tell this time, this early in the day. <laughs> you just don't know. Because uh, if I told you, I'd be lying to you. I know. I know. Well, there's one thing for sure for me is that uh, I, I got all dump truck load of respect for barker and his family and and everything that he came from when you're the winningest top sportsman driver in the history of the sport uh he's one to help you and all you got to do is open your ears and listen and he will uh he will make you better if you will just be quiet long enough to uh to listen so uh i'm glad to see that he's still out there you're keeping him busy because him away from the sport is a a bad thing for for us door car racers Oh, absolutely. Um, we're going to keep him involved for this year or something. If he, shoot, he can do, we'll find something for him to do. Yeah, Parker can drink more drink. natural lights than any normal <laughs> human being ever and still like outward most people at the track the next day. Uh, if he ain't Parker, driving, buddy, huh? if he ain't driving, he's going to be cooking and drinking. He is. The, man, let me tell you about the Barker Future Restaurant franchise. I told him if you'd quit racing and open up a restaurant, have you had the man's ribs? Yes. I'm sorry. I told him, I, I'm sitting here I shaking my head. A, <laughs> I told him if you were just a little bit prettier, I'd marry you if you cook like that all the time. He, <laughs> he yeah. can cook. Barker, if he ain't racing, he's going to be having fun with his family, uh, cooking us some food normally and um, having fun. It's good. He's a good dude to hang out with. Uh, looking forward to him getting back in the seat. He needs to get that top sporting car running, give you boys a fit out there. He just come on back, and I I think he just does it on purpose. It's like, okay, guys, I'm gonna take some time off, let you let you guys enjoy some happiness and some sunshine, some rainbows. He you know he sends out all the his gay emojis and rainbows and unicorns and, and nonsense, and then he'll put it all back together and he'll just stick it right up everybody's tail and says, come on. Yeah, that's kind of fun to be, to, to be able to do that. But that's exactly what he's doing. He's giving you all a little rope, and then he'll come snatch it off on you. Yep, he'll he'll come back, and then he'll do his back-to-back deal again, and, and we'll just – he'll go on another hiatus, and he'll come back again. So, 
Well, well, look, Stevie, I know you're busy. I appreciate you taking time out to talk to us. Uh, so we've got two things left for you to do. First, you got to give your give you your thirty seconds. Tell anybody anything you want to. Call them out. Give your shout outs for your sponsors. Your props to your crew. I know you got. I know. I know you've had a lot of people help you in the past. I know you're definitely humble. You haven't forgotten where you came from. And uh, that's something that's refreshing for those of us that are out here watching and looking for people to, uh, if, uh, if you want to use the word idolize from that standpoint. But uh, go ahead and take your 10 seconds of glory. <laughs> I thought it was 30. <laughs> you can have 30. Uh, I want to thank all the companies that stand behind us when we suck. Um, I, when I talk about the ability to fail without consequence, having product sponsors, marketing partners that stand behind you when you fail, that's what makes this deal go. Uh, Bahrain, KTR, uh, JNA Service, uh, huge shot and arm for our team, uh, bringing them on board. Um, Brad Anderson, Noonan Racing Engineering, um, RJ Race Cars, Neil Chance Torque Converters, VP Fuels, NGK Spark Plugs, uh, Lucas Oil Transmission Fluid. The race pack MSD and Holly, uh, PRS suspension, Mark Menser. Um, it goes on and on. I probably forgot 10 people that will cuss me out tomorrow, but, uh, you know, you got to also thank the crew that works on it. These guys are tireless. They didn't have a day off for almost 60 days straight during that foot push in the fall. They got home and unloaded the rig, took two days off and they're back at work. And like, where do you, how do you compensate someone for that? You can't. You just find the people that love it like you do, and the cream will rise to the top. All right. Now you got one last thing. Don't know if you know, but it's kind of our thing on the on the podcast. You get to send one Christmas card to somebody in motorsports, alive or dead. Who are you sending it to? Scotty Buchanan. I'm, listeners, I'm nodding my head up and down. If you're from the South, <laughs> that's that's a given. Hey, Scotty guy. is the man. You talk yeah. about idolizing somebody. Uh, watching Scotty race at Carolina Dragway when I was 7, 18 years old, pro modified, and that loud card at a burnout, and I was hooked, buddy. And one thing, people can like or hate Scotty, but you always knew where he stood, and uh, he's one of the greats. Uh, doesn't get near enough credit in their sport. Absolutely. Last outgoing deal. You get to send one WTF card to anybody in motorsports. Who's it going to? Man, I don't know if I could. I would need a, one case of them <laughs> or just one card. No, no, no. We, hey, I, Cam and I will totally have you back on, and we will give you a case of them and let you pass them out because we've had some really good ones, and uh, you got to get it narrowed down, though. You got to get one. You get one shout-out to WTF. WTF. Yep. Card. Is that like the douchebag of the year award? Basically. But we try not, you know, yeah, you know, we come up with our own thing here with the WTF. The WTF card. Is this just for this year or this is lifelong? Nope. This can be to whomever it is in motorsports that you want to give it to. Woo! Um, you almost gotta pick on Keith Painting. Just because, don't fall out. <laughs> Keith Haney and Jay Cox are right there. Uh, oh my I don't know. God. It's well, like they're a little. Jay's a little taller than Keith. 
Jade probably win in an arm wrestle match, but both of them will ran on who goes 200 on the tree. So I don't know. Uh, that, I'm looking forward, while you're on the WTF card, I'm looking forward to some new rivalry in 2020. We're going to have some exciting storylines coming in hot. Well, I have a couple, but I don't know that I can talk about them on the air. I'd like to ask about them, but they probably have to be in like, uh, what's that? What was those things when we grew up as kids? Invisible ink? Or something. Is that the thing with the numbers and the beads? You need no, one of them? I can't use that from North Carolina. You'll need a smoke signal, a carrier pigeon. <laughs> something. And a nine iron. And <laughs> a nine iron to kill the pigeon when it lands so you can't yeah. tell anybody. Woo-hoo. Well, Steve, thank you, my friend. I greatly appreciate it. I hope you have a great holiday. I know you're getting ready to go play in the sand soon, but I hope you get I hope you and your crew get the time that they need. I hope they take moments just to relish because like all things in battle, you don't know when the next one's going to start. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, I wish you all the best and thank you for taking time out for being on the show with Cam and I. Appreciate it, man. I had a good time. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Take care. Guys, there is no one better in the game right now if it comes to somebody that's got doors, four tires, and anything underneath a 125-inch wheelbase. It doesn't matter what's in front of it. He is driving the wheels off of it, or he's tuning other people to drive the wheels off of it. So if you're out there, not only is it an individual that's doing successful on the racetrack, he's also doing it off the racetrack, marketing-wise, social media-wise, digital. So it, it's it's an example of someone that you can go look at and be able to follow through, market after. And you can tell by his passion and his voice, he is not leaving the sport anytime soon. As we're recording this, you know, Jimmy Johnson, a seven-time champion, is getting ready to walk off in 2020. He's doing his swan song. Uh, We had other NASCAR drivers that walked off this past weekend after championship weekend. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Mr. Stevie Fast is not going to leave anytime soon, and he's going to do everything he possibly can to have multiple championships in a door car. Uh, But, you know, he's already mentioned, we've heard it before, if you're a follower of Stevie Fast, that he wants to drive a fuel car. If you've seen any of the NHRA stuff, he wants to drive a fuel car. You heard it from him. It doesn't make sense, but he still wants to do it. And I guess it's like one of those deals when the only way you know if the prom queen is going to go out with you is you got to go up and ask her, and you never know. She might say yes. So uh, give Stevie a look up on YouTube. Follow him on social media. And as always, he is one of those guys, if, if he doesn't have his hands or head inside a race car and you're at a racetrack, he'll take time out for you and your kids. So uh, that being said, we appreciate you all tuning in this week. Once again, I apologize for those of you that tuned in just to hear West Coast Cam. Um, He's not available as we're still, uh, as NHRA posted, uh, they're still reviewing. And so uh, we're going to play by the rules. So hopefully next week you'll have Cam back. If not, I might call up... uh, I don't know Tito Ortiz, but but um, there there's this guy, there's this guy that used to wrestle a lot. It's kind of famous. I might have to give him a call, see if he'll do me a favor from a long, long time ago. Oh, never know though. 
But that being said, hate mail at racersandrentalcars.com. Please check us out. Rate, review, subscribe. We greatly appreciate all the downloads. Uh, This is episode 52. We've got one year in the books. I don't know how we've made it this long, but if we did, the only way we made it this long is because of all of you that download and leave us some great ratings and reviews. And I mean, the people in charge cannot be on vacation for 52 weeks. So we obviously must be doing something right. We appreciate y'all tuning in, telling your friends. It's very nice to have people come up, take pictures, send them to us. Um, We really do appreciate it. We know next week is Thanksgiving. So we're going to give thanks next week on next weekend's podcast as we are getting closer and closer to PRI. And hopefully we'll have some pretty cool stuff for you guys that will be in attendance at PRI to be a part of. Know that it was a long episode. But by all means, we greatly appreciate each and every one of you. And next week, huge dumpster fire. Huge. Big. Big dumpster fire next week. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next week. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Voice America, for hosting our podcast. You can visit them at voiceamerica.com. We'd also like to thank Todd Payton and the entire team at Performance Data Systems. Visit them at racepds.com. We'd also like to thank Stupid Fast Racing. Stop by and pick up a Racers and Rental Cars t-shirt or visit them on the web at reallystupidfast.com. And we'd like to thank Streetway Marketing Media. Visit us at facebook.com streetwaymedia. And of course, be sure to check out our website to pick up your t-shirts, hoodies, and hats at racersandrentalcars.com. Let's put it-